I'm Claire. And I'm Liz. And this is The Balancing Act, a podcast where we talk about law, life, and everything in between. Okay, Liz, we have talked about estate planning and probate and family law, and now we get to talk about bankruptcy law. Oh, boy. What, or rather, how the practice of yeah. bankruptcy law has changed, not necessarily that laws have changed, but how you as an attorney practice yeah. um, within that area of law. So let's start with how we've started the other ones. How did it used to look like when you were when you had a client who called you about a bankruptcy matter? How how did that used to play out? Typically, you know, I would do what I think you like to call a little bit of triage during the initial phone call, just kind of figuring out if there's anything that needs to be done immediately, you know, any quick things that you can do as far as advice. But typically, I try to, you know, when possible, have people come in for an initial consultation in person. Also, because a lot of bankruptcy is pretty document driven. You know, I need to physically see pay stubs. I need to see tax returns. It's a lot of paper. And most people generally don't have access to like a scanner that is, you know, going to scan that volume of paper to send me electronically. So it's a lot easier to kind of figure out what's going on in their case and what kind of options there might be as far as bankruptcy by seeing those papers in person. So, you know, typically I try to get people in just to meet with me, initial consult. And then, you know, we kind of talk about from there, you know, what you know, if bankruptcy makes sense for them, or if there's another option, and kind of, you know, what the next steps are for them, which, you know, I I say, if you want to retain, these are the things that you need to do. And some people do retain on the first time they meet with me, some people don't. And it's, you know, it's a no pressure situation on my end. But it just, you know, it, it depends on the person, how they want to move forward. At that point, once once someone has retained, I do spend a decent amount of time by myself in my office working on their case, entering information into my software, trying to kind of, because there are so many documents, kind of organizing the paperwork, trying to figure out what else I need and what other questions come up as a result of that paperwork. And then, you know, I usually end up scheduling a couple more meetings here and there for them to bring me documents. And maybe, you know, some things are just easier to ask or talk about in person versus, you know, me sending an email with like 20 questions that can be overwhelming. So, you know, come in, take care of it, you know, in a half hour versus, you know, feeling all this stress of needing to respond. And then eventually we get to a point where we're ready to file the case. And at that point, you know, they come in for a signing meeting, which I tell them to, you know, to plan on it taking up to two hours because we go through every page of the bankruptcy petition together in person. So that way we make sure that I didn't type their name out wrong or that we didn't forget something super important, right? Like, you know, because sometimes, you know, I know that we've talked about this in a previous episode where, You can look at something on a computer screen or your phone screen and think it looks good. But for some reason, there's this magic, for me at least, about seeing it on paper where I like catch something that I didn't catch before. Absolutely. And then once we have the signing done, we file it with a court, which 
is electronic. And then about three to five weeks later, we have what I call a court date. It's actually like a 341 meeting of creditors, and it's not in front of a judge. It's in front of a bankruptcy trustee, but it is in a court building and it feels like court, you know, so we call it court. And so, and then at that point, it just depends on the case as to what else happens, but it's, you know, compared to family law, some of it is a little bit less in-person intensive, but it's still, there's still a lot of personal contact, you know, back in the, in the pre-COVID world. It sounds like it feels a little more transactional, though. So, like, you're still definitely working with clients and with people, mm-hmm. but it sounds like there's less less people involved. Yeah, there's, I mean, typically, yeah, there's not really a mediator at that point, you know. You know, there's not, like, a guardian ad litem or, yeah, exactly. It's It's different. It's usually me and my client that are going to have contact, and then we're eventually going to have contact with, you know, anyone at the courthouse on the day that they're meeting of creditors is scheduled but sure it is much less how has that changed since Um, mid-march when things kind of shut down and in the world the world went ah there's a big change (laughs) so it has you know it's for me again because i do you know did like that in-person contact and felt like it was beneficial towards moving things forward. That has been a big change. I've, um, what I've done is if a client, um, needs to get documents to me and they still kind of want to see me (laughs) for whatever reason, right? Maybe they just want to be sure that they saw me getting the documents. There's been some times where I've been sitting in my office, but I have the door deadbolted and they wave at me in the window. I wave at them. They put the papers under the door, you know, So that's obviously a pretty low risk. I've also, again, met people in their driveways to get papers from them. And, you know, I have, I have had people come in with masks on and me wearing a mask as well for, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 minutes to quick, give some papers, go over a few questions or, you know, and I've also had people come in to retain that way. But realistically, the hardest part is probably that that big petition review that we do when we file the case. What I've been doing is, you know, we still schedule the day of filing and I just make sure the person is available on their end during, you know, a certain time period that day. And I have them send me things electronically or pictures on their phone. And then I send them a PDF of the petition and then I call them on the phone and we both have it open and go through it page by page. So with clients, you know, I, I have a client who is maybe not super tech savvy, but they had a family member or a friend who was willing and able to kind of help them through it. And maybe they were like quarantining together a part of a quarantine pod. So they, it was safe for them to be in the same room. So that, yeah. that client had their, you know, had someone kind of help them on the computer at that point. And so that hasn't so far been terrible. And then what I do on the day of filing now, because before they'd sign the papers in my office, um, now after we go over the petition over the phone and I, you know, make any changes, you know, if there's like a typo or whatever, I send it to them. And then I say, all right, I'll be at your, (laughs) I'll be at your house in this, you know, in about five to 20 to however many minutes. 
and I'll meet you in your driveway to sign these papers. And then I have a clipboard and I have my mask and, you know, that's how I've been getting those documents signed. And then I drive back to my office and scan everything in and e-file it. The other thing that's changed is that there have not been in-person 341 meeting of creditors. Those, depending on the trustee, are either over the phone or over video. And over the phone is like, you know, a conference call. And it seems like they might be, we'll say, learning how to make that more successful. (laughs) Um, in the sense that one of the first ones that I did by conference call, it ran way behind. They, they did it kind of like you would at court. So like at court, if you're scheduled for three 30, there might be five cases scheduled for three 30. So in theory, though, you're everyone at three 30 is supposed to be done by four because there's the four o'clock calendar that'll start. That didn't go the same way over a conference call and it ran quite a bit behind. And they also just, at that time, you and your client were expected to be on the call, but have your phone on mute. And then they'd call your case and you'd have to like unmute and say, we are here. And honestly, that was a little bit anxiety producing for me <laughs> because I kept worrying like, yeah. uh-oh, like what if my phone won't unmute or what if my client, you know, but luckily it went okay. But now it sounds like at least with a different trustee, they are possibly going to alert us by email when it's our turn and then we're supposed to call in. So I think that'll go well. And then some have yeah. been done by video. The one thing that is typic- is weird in general about it being over the phone versus on video or in person is my client's identification has to be verified as part of the bankruptcy case. So typically they would bring their like driver's license or passport or whatever, some photo ID, and then they bring their social security card or some other proof of their social security number. And the trustee will physically look at those documents and say they match the petition. That is not possible when it's done over the phone. So we are supposed to submit them through this secure system to the trustee ahead of time. But then as the attorney I am now supposed to say on the record something to the effect of, I have met with this person, I've seen their ID and their social security card, and I can verify that, you know, they're accurate. So, which is fine. It's just, but it's just different. It's not, it, it wasn't how it used to be. Yeah. So, I mean, really, and then as far as like other things that have been different, It is harder for clients to get the paperwork that they need right now. Like, for example, I might need them to get me a car title. I might need them to get bank statements. Oh, yeah. yeah. And like a lot of banks' lobbies are closed still. Um, And before it would be like, well, just run into the bank and ask for this specific document. And, you know, you could probably, you know... you'd probably get it pretty quickly. Now it just takes more planning because you're going to have to call the bank or, you know what I mean? It's just, it's a different level of having to wait. Or like if you need a copy of the deed to your house um, before you could physically walk into your county recorder's office and pay like a buck or two and get that that same day. Generally now, you know, you have to order it online or by the phone or by letter. So there's more of a delay you know, for the most part, you know, it's okay, meaning like this this new world of practice, but it does seem so much more dependent on technology. And if you don't 
have the computer skills or, you know, I do, I speak Spanish, questionable whether I speak it well or not, (laughs) but I do speak Spanish. I definitely, you know, I don't speak it as well as I used to, but with my clients whose English is not their first language, a lot of the just the way this whole new system is, I think also makes things more difficult because, you know, you like, it just adds an extra layer basically to everything where before, like we could go over the petition in my office and I don't know, just things seemed easier. Yeah. I, I can absolutely appreciate that. I know that I've run into some of those similar frustrations or roadblocks with probate Mm -hmm. with different you know agencies being closed or you can only submit requests by mail Mm -hmm. instead Mm -hmm. of going in person or you know reviewing documents how how do you do that that sort of thing Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's certainly a different a different landscape yeah have any of the changes been good or that you think that might like stick around in the future? I don't know if it'll stick around, but the 341 meeting of creditors being held remotely is kind of nice um, for, you know, a couple of reasons. One, we don't, for my clients, especially it's super nerve wracking to go into the courthouse that day because it's a federal bankruptcy is federal. The hearings are typically held at least in the cities in either Minneapolis or St. Paul downtown. And not all of my clients live close to those places. Not all of them um, necessarily have the ability to drive or they choose not to drive. And so getting to those locations can be a little bit difficult for some people. And then we have to pay for parking, which, you know, is an extra layer. And if, if there's something going on at the Excel center back in the day, that would, you know, you would have to really be planful about parking. And then, you know, if the court hearing was running behind you, you just be there waiting. Um, And, you know, for me, that's okay. That's part of my job. But for a client who's already really nervous, the waiting, I think usually does make people more nervous. So I wouldn't mind if, if there were, if a lot of the 341 hearings could be held over, you know, remotely. Well, mm-hmm. Are the 341 meetings all pretty similar? Like, is it, is it a pretty similar procedure in, in how they operate and how long they operate so that like either of them always happening by phone or video would be an easy routine to, to continue? I would think for the most part, yes, I would so like one thing is that the trustee, if it's like, if there's certain issues in the case, the trustee is going to use that time to ask questions because your client is under oath and creditors in theory can come and ask questions. That's very rare. And so I wonder if it might be a situation, like if they wanted to hold them virtually in general, if it would be like the initial one is, you know, remote or virtual creditors maybe can give notice that they'd want to appear or if there if it was a situation where further questions were needed they maybe the trustee would have a second one that would have to happen in person you know I think that there whereas like some of the you know some of my clients cases are super straightforward so it's like it ends up being like a five minute deal for them Um, and that's you know that's definitely the sort of case where it being 
virtual absolutely makes sense. And it would probably, well, I don't know if it would save the trustee time in all honesty. So, <laughs> but, you know, in my mind, I'm like, well, would that be helpful to them too? I don't know. But I think, I think that there is a benefit to at least the straightforward hearings, kind of like, I guess, when we were talking about family law, a default hearing, that seems to be pretty well suited to being held in that way. But I mean, I can I can also understand. I mean, there there's something important too about going into a courthouse and having you know. So I kind of I see both sides. But I wouldn't be sad if they ended up being held remotely or virtually indefinitely. Personally, <laughs> you know, sure. and it's easier for clients and work too. You right. know, if they can do it virtually or remotely, they're not needing to get that time off work. Right. They could just step into another room for 10 mm-hmm. minutes rather than have to take off yep. for half exactly. a day. So, I mean, that I think that would be beneficial to a lot of my clients who, you know, I've because of some of my clients jobs, I, I've had to write letters to their employers helping to excuse them from work for that court hearing. I'm sure their employers would like to not have them gone, you know, as long either. My clients would probably like it because they, you know, wouldn't have the stress either. So, but I'm not in charge. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I think if anything, Corona has told us that none of us are in charge. You are right about that, Claire. You're very right about that. (laughs) So what are things that you're looking forward to once, once things kind of return more to a normalcy state? when and if that ever happens. (laughs) I guess I just feeling less nervous because I don't feel like, I feel like we still don't know enough about how, I mean, we know how it's transmitted, but we don't know how risky, like we don't, like I still don't know like how safe is it to have someone come in wearing a mask, you know, how long can we be in the same space? So I'm just looking forward to honestly just being able to, you know, I I don't want to say let my guard down, but kind of, you know, and just, you know, not feel like, oh my gosh, am I making, you know, am I making a choice that, you know, by meeting with this client quickly, even in masks that could lead to something super bad down the road, you know, that could kill someone (laughs) or hospitalize someone, you know, because it's, you, there's just so much we don't know. Yeah, I have also been thinking about like, because I've been doing a fair amount of like you meetings or signings outside mm-hmm. and kind of the idea being, well, that's fine, you know, in like late spring, mm-hmm. summer, early fall, but what happens in, I don't know, end of October or November yeah. when it gets too cold to to do anything more than like one quick signature, but you can't mm-hmm. like review documents or yep. you can't, you know, be outside for more than a minute and a half. How do you, yeah. how do you handle it then? Yeah, we're going to have to get creative. That's for sure. <laughs> Very creative. We'll just have to stretch our brains yeah, again. I'm like, I'm, now I'm sitting here like, well, how will we do that? I did see on, you know, how like you get, I think after I bought um, face masks for my office, the targeted advertising, you know, started appearing. It was like this plexiglass thing made for offices. So I am being targeted as far as advertising. And I'm like, wow, let's see, could a, would a plexiglass thing 
make sense on top of my desk with a little, you know what I mean? I'm like, well, maybe, I guess we'll see how long things are the way they are, you know, but I'm not, I'm not against, yeah. you know, doing something like that if it could help make things safer. Well, I guess all I can say is hopefully there's guidance or new information or more information or better information. Yes in the next couple of months so that we can we can make those yep. decisions yeah because we're gonna have to figure out something for winter <laughs> that's for sure 